Welcome to Radio Avnet. Welcome to Avnet's Distributing Wisdom podcast. Distributing Wisdom is a forum for experts in the electronic components supply and distribution industry to discuss what it takes to adapt to and drive technological change. And at Avnet, we've seen this evolve over our 100 year history. And now we're bringing together authorities from both within Avnet and beyond to share their wisdom as it relates to perseverance, the critical role of the industry in driving innovation and how our past is driving our future. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the value of distribution across the industry. We're joined by Barb Jorgensen, who has chronicled distribution for EPS News for many years. We also have engineering technology and industrial distribution expert and Texas A&M senior lecturer, Craig Conrad. And rounding out our show, we'll be joined by Avnet Territory Sales Manager, Deanna Norman. Looking forward to a great conversation today. So Barb, you've seen the industry ebb and flow over the years. If you're looking at your headlines from a few decades ago, what's no longer relevant and what's been surprisingly consistent? One of the things that's no longer relevant is a practice called shell sharing. And this was a huge issue during the merger and acquisition frenzy, really, of, of the 1990s. When two distributors would come together, they would often bring together competing lines. One supplier would refuse to be sold alongside another. So the mergers and acquisitions, you know, really always had complications to them. And in many cases, this wasn't necessarily good for customer service because customers wanted to do more business with fewer distributors. So shelf sharing has finally worked itself out and is there's this kind of one exception left that may just put this by the wayside permanently. What hasn't changed really is the tension in distributor-supplier relationships. And then I'd say forecasting, pricing, and component shortages haven't changed. And just some additional commentary I would like to offer. There was also merger and acquisition amongst customers, along with amongst suppliers that changed the dynamics at every aspect of the supply chain. You know, the one thing I'll say that distribution has done for this period of time, distribution has been extremely flexible to seize the opportunity of the moment. And the the other thing I just want to comment on is that in the channel, we're the only part of the channel that calls on a range of breadth of customers. That has been the core distribution. And I don't really feel that part of it has changed that much over this period of time. I agree. Definitely M&A is still very present today. But what I feel is I'm still in distribution. And when I first started, one can say distribution was transactional. And we may have been considered the middleman, but I don't believe that distribution is viewed that way anymore. We definitely offer solutions from demand creation and servicing engineering through complex supply chains, and we can really link the business globally. So it's really, it's about globalization, but we do have to be very agile and flexible with our customers. And we're constantly having to sell our value. 
So when we deal with these startups, you know, they've come from the Google and Apple universities and, you know, they step into these startups with the mentality of their previous employer. So selling the value of distribution is very pertinent and it's something that we do all day long, but I do agree that it's much more sophisticated today and the services and value that we offer to customers hands down, you know, is the best. So Deanna, can you talk a little bit about how globalization as well as industry consolidation on the customer side has changed how you engage with your customers as a salesperson? Sure. I definitely think that there is a need to be cross-functional with with the stakeholders. The days of walking into a customer and 90% of the decision makers being under one roof no longer exists. So we definitely need to adapt to the way our customers have scaled and to be able to be agile and adaptable to customers' needs. Um, And as we stated, you know, the business is more complex. I don't see it as transactional at all. There's a lot more complexities. It's connecting the dots globally and, and being able to offer many different services. Barb and Craig, does this mirror what you're seeing in the industry? I think the value of distribution is becoming more and more evident as we have supply chain disruptions, shortages, and basically global pandemics. Just in time and built to order and a lot of inventory practices have not left a lot of on-hand inventory in the pipeline. I've been hearing recently that automotive companies who have not traditionally called on distribution are now reaching out both to the volume distributors and the the catalogs. They're not familiar with the electronic supply chain. So they don't know what lead times are. They don't know how how much of a lead time manufacturer has or what, what might delay manufacturing or delay the supply chain. So I think the supply chain, to Deanna's point, has become more sophisticated in terms of its forecasting signals, its inventory management practices, and its ability to to react more quickly uh, to customer demands than, you know, than suppliers have. You know, where I think it's gotten, I think Deanna had brought it out, the complexity of managing relationships and all the activities within the supply chain, going back to the day where engineering, purchasing, manufacturing were all under one roof, not only is that not the case, they may not be in the same continent. And in addition to that, they may have three or four different outsourced BMS companies that are also part of their supply chain that have to be coordinated. So I think where there's improvement opportunity is to manage this complex communication. And, you know, the truth is that's the reality of it. Again, I think distribution has done a good job and an improving job. But I think that still has an opportunity for growth. And I also think that contributes somewhat to many of the disruptions in availability. And there's been in progress in so many ways, but these problems have not changed. And I and I think that's an indictment against the industry of maybe we need to simplify things a little bit instead of making it more complicated. Often our suppliers look to distribution for solutions. I mean, because our tools have become so much better over the years where we can take a top line forecast, smooth it out and distribute to multi-contract manufacturers in different continents. 
And the nice thing about this is that the OEM will provide a top-line forecast to Avnet in support of multiple contract manufacturers globally. And it's nice because the OEM can dictate where parts go, who has priority within their contract manufacturing chain. And it just, the tools are so much better these days than what they were in the past. And, and we can really do a great job in supporting multi-location contract manufacturers for a single customer and really give the control back to the OEM versus their CMs. We, we tend to talk to suppliers and we are thinking of the big guys who have a lot of resource and in many respects, they can do some pretty sophisticated things also. But the other 95% of the suppliers do not have the regional footprint that an Avnet would have. And therefore, it, it's, it's somewhat different because the level of sophistication they would have or the tools or the res local resources they would have are dramatically different. So I would offer sometimes when we talk about the industry, we tend to talk about the upper, upper tier, but the vast percentage of the customers aren't that sophisticated and they need distribution to manage that complexity for them. And that really is the bread and butter of distribution because they cannot do it themselves. One of the things I found fascinating is the, the rise of the customer that doesn't have a supply chain. It's becoming more common now with, with IoT, you know, and some of the designs that are coming out that really use familiar components. You know, sensors are, are not cutting edge technology, but you can put together a bunch of sensors and you know, develop an IoT device or, or system. And these companies will you know, usually come to distribution with a concept, but not really, not really a design and not really component choices. Where we're used to you know, getting bills of material and fulfilling bills of material, many of these companies really don't have a concept of, of what they need, how often they'll need it, how much they'll need. And I know distribution has really stepped up its efforts in supporting customers without a supply chain. What are some of the other areas that the distribution industry has advanced in recently, perhaps especially resulting from the pandemic? The pandemic really laid bare a lot of the shortcomings of how we currently run the supply chain, which is largely by forecast, where you know capacity is already committed, inventory is already committed, you know, work in process is tied to a specific customer. And so other one of the other shortcomings is, is visibility deep into the supplier base. The term's been the suppliers, suppliers, you know, but that has never been as visible as it is now. A substrate manufacturer had a fire in 2020. The supply chain is still having difficulty getting the materials it needs. Manufacturers have good visibility into their tier one suppliers, but those tier one suppliers have a lot and varied smaller suppliers where in any one of those suppliers, there's a disruption. Actually, mining materials now is, uh, is, is becoming an issue. The OEM doesn't, doesn't see that. Um, they can't prepare for it. So the visibility into these companies, I think, has become more important. And I think the supply chain is acknowledging that it needs to know who it's doing business with. Deanna, do you have anything to add on the topic of digitization? I would say 
prior to the pandemic, um, there was a need for self-service on-demand type of services. But now going through the past year, there's an even bigger need. And, you know, we've had to think outside the box and how do we uniquely engage with customers to make sure that we remain pertinent and a part of their business and have a good understanding of their business outlook. So I think that, you know, just the self-service, the need for online services and ways to communicate online, I think that need will continue to grow. And I think employers have figured out that their employees can perform at the levels prior to the pandemic and even higher. I've seen sales accelerate over the past years, um, you know, design opportunities. So I, I think the opportunity to work remotely, I think will definitely be here for some time. Craig, can you talk about how the distribution industry compares to the other industries that you teach about in your coursework? Number one, customers have less time versus more time. So the thought that they have all this time to go do all these activities, they want to push it to somebody else. I think as a general rule, they're going to continue to outsource and not want to take on more themselves. But I would also offer that there's some fundamental flaws in the way the supply chain is managed specific to inventory. When lead times push out or forecasts aren't correct and they need inventory, nobody has it. And I would offer that that's got to change. That has not been a good part. It's been very expensive. It's created inconsistency and it's something that must be dealt with. Back in 2019, McKinsey had done a breakthrough study looking at all distribution industries. And the title of it was The Coming Shakeout of Industrial Distribution. In the industries that they studied, I think there was about 20 that they listed. Uh, Believe it or not, the highest performing profit performance was auto parts, followed by heating, air conditioning, and plumbing. Comparing it to other industries, I would say electronics has a significant opportunity to improve performance. Then if I look at best-in-class supplier, so what are they doing differently? The thing that gets very interesting is when you start talking about customization of their products and value added, they do everything they can to create unique solutions for customers that nobody else offers. Is it possible that there's semiconductor technology, passive technology, connector technology, that for engineers and even for small manufacturers, that you could bundle some of that and simplify that process? Well, I think that there's key supplier technology that is a door opener. And, you know, because of their technology, you know, we can wrap everything around, you know, those key sockets, you know, with a customer and, you know, everything comes to follow. And that's the nice thing about being a part of a broadline distributor is you have these nice door openers, but you also have the solution that wraps around them. Barb, are there other things that strike you as unique to the distribution industry? I think what, what I see in the customer base, and this could be the old guard customer base, is the expectation that volume is going to give you a discount. And these are, you know, these are uh, negotiated prices, they're con- contract prices, they don't really give a lot of wiggle room when, you know, when things like, like COVID come up where tariffs are added. And so the expectation of 
customers, and this has been a problem for a long time, is that when you do bundle things, it looks like they're free. So the, there's there's an expectation there that, you know, I'm going to get the lowest price because I am the highest volume buyer. They're encouraged to buy more than they need because they're going to get a price break. And that seems to me to be really contrary to what a lot of the industry is trying to achieve, which is to, you know, to improve margins, to, um, you know, to keep prices more stable and to get paid for the value that you, you present. It's been such a pleasure to have strong industry leaders on this episode, and I know you have much valuable advice to give. So think about this rising class of leaders coming into the distribution industry at a very interesting time. What advice would you give them for their success in the future? Sure, so my advice would be is be nimble, embrace change, instill a sense of confidence. This industry is changing and you will always see change management, but you have a tremendous opportunity to thrive an environment that's exciting, where you have the opportunity to continue to learn. And so what I would say is don't be afraid to think outside the box, challenge status quo, and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them and remain curious. I think those are key things that, that I work with my team on. Read everything you can get your hands on. And as, as Craig suggested, go outside your industry. I have a tendency to lean toward electronics. And that's kind of where my you know, career path has taken me. But there are, you know, there are examples in, in other industries and, you know, and, and some that uh, like, you know, pharmaceuticals that, you know, have faced a lot of the same challenges is the, the, the volume purchasing, the, you know, the, the supply networks, the, you know, the need to have it on hand, but not have you know, too much on hand. So really explore as much as you can and don't be afraid to challenge the status quo. Yeah, real quickly, the advice I've always given people coming into one is to try multiple jobs. And, you know, quite frankly, that worked for me at Avnet. Uh, in my tenure there, I was in marketing. I was in, uh, had strategic accounts. I had value-added services. You know, I had a variety. And what it did for me is it taught me the broader aspect of the business. And what it did for the company is it gave them flexibility to use me in different spots. Number two, I would say, if you're mobile, move. I think that too is a very valuable aspect uh, to a company and to yourself in getting a broader perspective. And then the last thing I would offer is seek out people that you can learn from, really try to develop a relationship with them because I think they can be very instrumental in help guiding you through, uh, you know, many of the lessons that they've learned through their career. Excellent. That's fantastic advice. Thank you all so much for joining us for Distributing Wisdom today. It was a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm excited to get your wisdom out to the rest of the world. Thanks for joining us. Yes, it was an honor to be here. Thank you. This has been really fun. It's been great to talk to everybody. Good, good luck and good seeing everybody and enjoyed working with you. Thank you to Barb, Craig, and Deanna for joining today's podcast. 
This episode of Distributing Wisdom is the last in a three-part series exploring the value of distribution. On our next episode, we'll be exploring gender diversity in our industry. To learn more about Distributing Wisdom, please visit abnet.com forward slash podcast. And thank you for listening. Until next time.